0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. At this time we're working through um, the Holy Spirit as a a church, not working through the Holy Spirit, we're working through a series on the Holy Spirit and uh, rephrase that a little bit. And uh, we're, the very first week we looked at this this aspect that the Holy Spirit comes, when the Holy Spirit is, is in our midst, supernatural things happen, don't they? We can't say it's the Holy Spirit coming and moving. If, if nothing changes, if nothing supernatural happens, how can we say that God is here if there isn't change? Because when God shows up, there's always an effect. At salvation, lives are changed and, and transformed from the inside out. That's only something that the Holy Spirit can do. I can't change my heart, but God can. I can't change my behaviors or, or my, uh, sorry, my, my, my inner being and bring new life. But only the Holy Spirit can do that. But then in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's, there's new power. There's a source of, of new life that comes and, and, and reinvigorates and, and empowers us to live out our Christian walk. And our, we're challenged as believers to, to tap into it, to seek after it, to, to go before the Lord and uh, to be knocking and asking Last week, Hannah shared on the person of the Holy Spirit, that he's our counselor, our guide, our advocate, who leads us into all truth, that he, he's one that can be grieved when we choose to reject his, his will or his heart. But we need to call to him, and, and he's, uh, he's to be with us for the journey that we're on in life, to help us on a day-to-day basis. And this week, we're, we're progressing in, in this thought of and, and this understanding of the Holy Spirit as we look at his gifts that he's given to us as a church we're quickly approaching Christmas and uh, I'm aware that uh, gift giving is a big part of our culture and uh, in fact already the the stores are starting to advertise and it's starting to come on the television and um, you know the, the kids yesterday were already starting to talk about putting together the Christmas lists and um, I saw my my. My niece, who just got married this past year, um, she was all excited this week because she says, finally, it's the time of the year. She had a picture of their Christmas tree already being put up. And I thought, wow, it's just a little bit early for me. But anyways, I, I've discovered there's nothing quite like getting a gift that you've really wanted. How many of you got a gift once that you just think, actually, I really wanted that? And you got that gift. Or something that you really needed, like socks. Um, my family has complained that I'm probably one of the more difficult people to buy for because my, my wish lists are always really expensive things. Um, and unfortunately, I don't give the kids a budget to work with. And so when I'm saying, like, I would like a new motorcycle or, or I want a, a new phone or I want these sorts of things that the children just can't possibly afford. Um, but that's, that's just me, I guess. Anyone else like expensive things? Yes, I think all of us do eventually. Yeah. Anyways, I remember though, as a child when I was growing up, um, I, I had a, my mom and dad didn't have a lot of money growing up, and I remember one year in particular, I had various things that I said I wanted, and I received um, a gift that I don't know ever tr- crossed the uh, the ocean over here, but it was a it was a hockey game that had it was a board. ...with these little sticks and little plastic men that were on the... ...and they were on a track. And you... ...each team had its own players. It was kind of like foosball, but for hockey, basically. It was that kind of a... Do you know know what I'm talking about, Julian? Remember those games? Anyways, I never even knew I wanted this game. Never even thought of it. But I tell you what, I loved the game. My dad and I would have tournaments. Um, I often lost... But it was, it was always this kind of challenge of playing hockey. And it was one of those things that I, I didn't know I needed it until I got it. And uh, then I couldn't live without it for about a year. I really love this game. And I think when God looks at us as a church, we can live without all that He has for us. We can exist. We can be here. We can kind of go through the motions of church. And, and yet God has this storehouse of all the resources of heaven sitting there waiting for us as his gifts to the church, to you and I. And sometimes we don't realize that, uh, we, we might not even ask for it, we might not even realize that he's got something, but they're gifts to encourage us, they're gifts to in, empower us, to build us up, to direct us, to restore us, to set us free. They're all supernatural gifts, all packaged up waiting for you. There's like a big Christmas tree in heaven with your name on it underneath these packages for you. And when we look at 1 Corinthians 12, we see these gifts, spiritual gifts that we have, that the Holy Spirit has, it has given towards us or has for us for our taking. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11, it says, There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of Sorry, there are different kinds of gifts, but yes, same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working uh, working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different uh, different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. Now to start with, we have this understanding from what we just read. That there are gifts. Right? We see this word gifts used multiple times. In fact, throughout the New Testament, we see these words gifts being used continually. So what is a gift? Is a gift something you work for? No. The answer is no. As an example, the wages of sin is death. What does that mean? It's a penalty. It's it's something we are working towards. When we sin, there's a there's a there's a penalty that we, we recover, which is death. But the gift of God is a gift, right? It's something that we just freely receive. A gift can only be received and only can be accepted, but it can never be worked for. I can't work for God to receive something, otherwise it's a payment. I can't, they're not payments of the Holy Spirit for some kind of spiritual superhero exercises that you might be doing. They're only gifts, That are sitting for you, waiting for you, waiting for us as a church to tap in and to use. And if they're a gift, then there's something about receiving a gift. If you're going to, if I've got, you know, Christmas as we celebrate it, you know, and we give gifts to one another. A a gift is only of any value if it's actually received, right? It's no point on Christmas Day and you celebrate, but everyone just leaves their gifts never opened, never touched, and we just put them away after christmas that was such a great that was such a great sermon really love that sermon let's go pack those gifts away again and bring it out next year when we talk about it again what would be the point of that i don't know one child that would look to the christmas tree thinking i just love the pretty boxes and we'll just leave them there can you just bring them out again next year mom and dad cuz just love looking at the boxes You know, sometimes we can be like that when we start looking at the spiritual gifts God has for us. We can just be happy to look at the boxes when the fact actually they're gifts that are to be used and to exercise and to be received and to be received means we, we take hold of them when we put them into use. But then we see in verse seven it says, to each one, to each one. Was that, would that kind of mean to everyone? To each one. These are the gifts that are given. God does not show favoritism. We see this in Acts 10.34. His gifts are available to each member of the body of Christ. You are each one. You are that person in the mix that God has something for. He has something for you. He has a gift for your life to impart to you that, that through you, supernatural things would happen. And each of these gifts, as we're going to get into them in a minute, are supernatural things. But to each one... There's no qualification to receive them. You don't need a PhD in theology or go to some kind of prophetic school or or be something special in order for God to use you. But actually, you just need to be alive. And you need to have a relationship with the Lord. But beyond that, there's no other qualifications we see in Scripture. The young men. We'll see visions, the old men will dream dreams, the, 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 the Holy Spirit's been poured out upon all flesh, but the same thing as the gifts of the Spirit are given to each one. Thus, on the other side of the equation, someone who's using the gift does not necessarily equate to spiritual maturity either. Right? Someone can just come to Christ and begin to prophesy, that doesn't mean they're spiritually mature in any fashion and I think on the other side of the equation, sometimes we idolize people who move in gifts of the Spirit as if they're somehow super spiritual, but it only means they're open to use the gift. But the gift has nothing to do with them. Only their availability to be used by the Lord in this way. And sometimes people will look in the wrong way at people in the church as somehow superstars because they use certain spiritual gifts, When in reality, they're just like you and me. Just normal People. If God can use a donkey to speak the word of the Lord, he certainly can use you and and me. That donkey did not do any Bible schooling before he began to speak to Balaam. Right? He saw the angel. He had discernment. The donkey had discernment. Wow. Wow. The challenge when you start looking at donkeys being more spiritual than we are. But nonetheless, God is no respecter of persons. He has something for you and something for me. He has a gift in store for for us to use and to put into practice. Gifts. They're also given as the Holy Spirit determines. And we see this in verse 11. And these are the works of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. You know, I can't control whether I... Can interpret a tongue that is given. I don't have that control. I think I've shared in the past, been in, been in meetings where like, let's just try to interpret one another's tongues. That's completely nonsense because unless God gives you the gift, it makes no sense. I remember sitting around the circle and people were speaking in tongues. All right, let's just have a go at it. Well, if I don't have it, I don't have it. I can't pretend to prophesy. If I don't have something the Lord has spoken to me, I don't want to make it up. The same way, I can't pretend healing. You're either healed or you're not healed. We either move in it or we don't move it. And I think it is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are supernatural. And so because they're supernatural, there's something of God that has to be taking place. Otherwise, it's us. And us doesn't bring change. Us isn't supernatural it's something that when God is in control, something is, is beyond our ability. It is an effect or a demonstration of the work of the Holy Spirit in a person's life. And we are not controlled, we don't control what we receive. And I believe the gifts of the Spirit are one of those things that we don't, a gift doesn't just come and we just, we only I only move in the gift of faith. Well, no, I don't think it's that way at all. I think there's moments when God says, okay, Joy, today I've got a gift for you. To use. And it's the gift of tongues. There's a word for the church that today. But maybe it's next week. Philida, I've got something different for you. I don't believe we have a gift that. You know, there's moments I think there's some people that yes, God moves on a regular basis in certain gifts. But you know what? I, I believe the gifts come and move in different people's lives at different moments. Given the circumstance that we find ourselves we need to have the gifts of discernment in certain situations, and at those moments, we can pray, God, I, I, I need to, I, I don't quite know what's going on. And I believe God can give you a gift of discernment at that moment so you can understand spiritually what's happening in an environment or with the person you're talking to. But the Holy Spirit, it determines at the end of the day who gets what and when. The gifts are also for the common good, it says. What does that mean? It's not for you. It's for the building up of the body. And I've been in church world most of my life. And I I remember situations where people really wanted to, say, move in the prophetic. Not because they wanted to build up the church, but because they wanted to move in the prophetic. It it was something about their own ego that they wanted to stroke more than it was about seeing the body of Christ being built into its fullness. You see, it's for the common good. Each of these gifts are not for yourself, but actually they're for the other people around you. So if we were to look at it, each one of you, God wants to impart something, wants to move through your life in some way, not for your benefit, but for the benefit of everyone else in this room. Just think of it. If every one of us this morning moved in the gifts of the Spirit, what would service look like today? We're going to look at that in a moment, but what would it look like If you came using a gift that God had imparted to you for this morning, would we walk away encouraged knowing that God had met with us? Absolutely. Church isn't really to be just about preaching and worship. It's about coming and God imparts to us. He builds us up for the common good. Where we hear the word of God, where we our faith is encouraged, where there's wholeness because people are being healed and set free. People that come with demonic activity in their lives, are the discernment of spirits helps in delivering them. That we move in all the fullness of God. And it doesn't just happen because one guy is a powerhouse at the front of the church. But collectively, we're moving in the things of God. The Holy Spirit is moving through all of our lives. It's not to elevate one person above the other, but it's for each of us to build up one another's one another's lives. How important is the gift of knowledge when we're speaking to someone and, and God wants to reveal something to their hearts. And the gift of knowledge can help unpackage things in, in the other person's heart that they can recognize that God has got a plan for their lives, that God has something for them. I know Danielle has shared just going on the streets and how important even moving in, in the prophetic or moving in the words of knowledge can be important when dealing with people who don't know the Lord. They will come to a place of understanding that God loves them and has a plan for them. And He reads their mail. I think probably if anything, I know there's, there's various prophets or people who've moved in the church in, in times past who've moved a particular gift of knowledge or wisdom and, you just think, how do they know that? How do they know all the stuff about my life? Only the Holy Spirit could do that. Only the Spirit of God could do that. Now it says there are different kinds of gifts but one Spirit. All of these, these workings of the Holy Spirit are not something that we look at as uh, as if there's the, the Spirit of healing and the Spirit of prophecy and the Spirit of, it's only one Spirit. That's why when the Holy Spirit's moving, it's it's building the one body of Christ up. It isn't divisive, it isn't pulling in different directions, but it's one spirit. And so if the spirit is moving in your life and moving in your life, the end result, if it's for the church, it's going to build collectively the church. And there's a sense of connection and knowing that, yes, God is speaking, he's speaking to that person and that person, and this situation is happening. But all together we see God moved in one way today. God doesn't have schizophrenia, where in one moment in the service, he's in this direction. Oh, no, he's now over here. Oh, we don't know what God's doing anymore. I believe God moves in a concise way that we as a church would understand his heart and know it. And that's why we can look at there's one spirit. When when the one spirit is moving through all of us in the church, there's a genuine theme and a a thought process that comes out of all of that. Because we know God has spoken. We know that God is moving because it's only one spirit. It's the same thing we're looking at the spirit of God who, who... Was at work in the writing the Bible. That's why we have a, a train of thought that goes through all the scriptures, is because although different authors wrote different passages of scripture, it was one spirit that was the inspiration to each of those authors. So that when we read it, we can see actually there's one God. There's one spirit working through all of these situations, pointing to Jesus, pointing to the plan of salvation. There's a continuity in it because there's one God. And so there's different kinds of spirits. Sorry. (laughs) Rewind. There are different kinds of gifts, but one spirit. And each of these gifts are supernatural. As I said earlier, they're beyond our ability. And in this passage, we see a few of them. I believe the Spirit of God is not contained to these nine gifts that we see. I believe the Spirit can move in all sorts of ways. But these are nine that, in particular we can look at just briefly this morning. There's the gift of wisdom, the supernatural wisdom in a situation to just know what the right thing to do is. There are moments I believe even as a leadership team are moments that we, we have to make a decision that we can call upon the Lord to give us the gift of wisdom, that we have a supernatural ability to, to be wise beyond our years, beyond our understanding, beyond what what we we know to be best. That God would give wisdom. And there's moments I've looked back upon our past, even recent past, as a year. And I think as the decisions that even the leadership team have made. I think, do you know what? That was God's wisdom. That was, the, that was the gift of wisdom in that meeting to make that decision. That was wisdom. And I don't give ourselves the credit. I believe God comes in those moments. I know all times when we meet as a leadership team, we pray before we begin. That God would come and move in our midst. And sometimes it isn't, you know, this supernatural woo, you know, we just feel something. But wisdom is just a thought in our brain of this is what we need to do. That's, that's what we need to do here. Well, where did that thought come from? That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. To build up the whole. All of us face moments, even in our workplace, where you're talking to that person and they're unpackaging their life and you just don't know what. What do I say to them? We can pray that God... Would you give me the gift of wisdom that I can share something that would be really important, really wise as they seek my counsel? But then there's the gift of knowledge, knowing something you would otherwise not naturally know. And it isn't being, you know, um, suggestive with, you know, we see on television people that can... You know What's your favorite number? What's your, choose a color, choose a, choose a number and, and they tell you back to you because they've, they've pre-programmed you to say those words. They've, they've planted in with what they've said so that you would think those numbers and those colors. Have you seen those programs on television? Kind of mind control. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit isn't about mind control. It's either you know God has, there's something there with a the person you're with and it's for their good that you would share what it is God has already knows in their heart. There's something very disempowering when someone shares something that they would not know about you, but it reveals something deep in your heart, knowing that God knows. It just it just takes all the walls away and makes us vulnerable, realizing you know God knows our inner heart. And I think there's something powerful if the church we moved in the gift of knowledge, and knowledge just not for knowledge's sake, but usually knowledge leads to something else. It opens the door. We we see even Jesus moved in the gift of knowledge with the Samaritan woman, right? He 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 recognized that there was, you know, he said, you, "You don't have a husband, and the husband or the man you're with isn't your husband." And he 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 just shared a little bit that she suddenly realized this isn't just. Any old occasion with, I'm talking to this person. But this, uh, God, there's a God element here. And in that, Jesus then started to share the deeper things of salvation to her. About worship, about who he really was. It unlocks the door. But then there's also faith. The spirit enablement to believe for the impossible. And there's moments where we need to have supernatural faith because in our faith, we lack The ability to really believe. And I know there's been moments. I Even I know in my journey in life. Where there's been moments where I just have believed beyond what I thought I could believe. And I know that those moments. That faith rising up inside my life. Is not my own faith. But it's something of the spirit put in my heart. So that I would encourage the rest of the church. Or the rest of the people I was working with. That we would believe for something. That otherwise I wouldn't have enough enthusiasm to believe for. Because it's crazy. But something about the gift of faith rises the faith level even in the church. There's something very contagious about being people who with people who are faith-filled, isn't there? When someone is moving in the gift of faith, you want to believe for more. You want to start to stretch out as well. And why is it for the common good? It's because we need people in the church that are moving in the gift of faith to believe for the impossible. They can say, why do we accept the status quo? Why can't we believe for more? Why can't this happen? Yes, God can do it. Yes, He can, he can conquer this, this mountain. We have healing, complete restoration, both physically, mental, and emotional. I believe that God wants to move in healing in our church. He has this gift right now in heaven with healing in it. And it requires us just saying, God, we want to move in that. We want to receive that gift. I remember I read a number of Bill Johnson's books, and one of the things that inspires me more than anything is that he, he says, you know what, if we don't pray for healing, we'll probably not see healing. Very inspiring, isn't it? Deep theology there. But he said, even if I have the thought, at that moment I have the thought, and you see someone, someone tells you something, and that thought comes of, should I pray for healing? That's the gift. To, exercise, to take the step of faith and to just pray what have we got to lose we cannot pray and not see healing that's pretty guaranteed but we can pray and believe that God could do the impossible just take that step of faith whether we feel the goose pimples or not at that moment it's just moving in that thought moving at that moment when the Holy Spirit comes it just prompts our spirits to pray John Wimber before he he really started to see healing in his life. He prayed for a whole year. Prayed and prayed for people to be healed. And no one got healed. Nobody. But he was seeking after the gift. For the common good. And then God started to honor him. In his, in his perseverance in this matter. And people started to get healed through his life. In his ministry. and Through the vineyard. The movement as a whole. He had this determination that he wasn't just going to let this gift sit up in heaven. But he was going to use it. And he was going to trust God to come by his spirit. There's prophecy. Calling forth the will and the heart of God. I believe it's so important that we know what God's heart is. It isn't just, it's not fortune telling. But it's calling forth what God has in store for our lives. What God has in store for the life of the church. It's calling what isn't into being. It's, it's planting the seed. it's saying, this is God's will, this is his intention. To call it out in our lives. It's the di- going on, it's this distinguishing between spirits, the discernment of the spiritual realm. There's moments where we just need to know, who are we dealing with? What are we dealing with? We need to have eyes. The realm that we live in right now is the, the, the here and now, the physical realm is only one aspect of the reality. The other aspect of the reality is the spiritual realm, which is more real than our physical realm. Even though we don't have eyes to see it, it's there. Just talk to anyone who's died and come back to life. And it becomes very clear there's a whole other realm that we are not living in. Or sorry, that we do not fully uh, see. But it's there. And in those moments when we're working with people, we're in situations that we need to discern the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has a gift to help us to see what we can't see. We didn't have different kinds of tongues. And I would just say that there, there's a difference between this and our prayer languages of tongues. It's tongues that are for the church. It's a message from God that's in a heavenly language. It's a unique, it's a unique expression that's for the church. On our prayer nights this past week, we had tongues and interpretation. It was it was great because God used two people I think the great thing about tongues interpretation often it requires two people someone shares a tongue someone else shares the interpretation of that tongue though I've seen it happen where one person gives both and then we have the interpretation of tongues obviously the supernatural translation of the spoken tongue and so here we have this package of all of these things that that are there for us and I think as a church, how many times if we go through this, how many times do we see it all happening, really in our midst? I, I think we probably if we we're very honest, we see, actually we, we really don't tap into most of these most of the time. But God has these things for us. And if we jump in the passage that we read to a little bit further on, it says we're called to eagerly desire these gifts. It says, but eagerly desire the greater gifts, right? Do all speak in, do all heal, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? No, but, but eagerly desire the gifts. Earnestly desire. There's a sense of, if we don't want it, we probably won't receive it, right? But if there's something in us in God, we want to see your spirit moving in, your manifested spirit moving in our midst. There's something in us that needs to seek after it, that needs to want it. And I do believe the Holy Spirit, as we looked at last week, the Holy Spirit is the person. It isn't just some freaky deaky thing out there. But the Holy Spirit is the Godhead, is, is part of the Godhead, is, has a personality and, and, and responds to those who seek after with hands wide open saying, God, we want it. We, we, we seek after it. We, we want to see your gifts released in this place. He's looking for available vessels. Like a cup. That the Holy Spirit can just come and fill. And do something supernatural with. As we said even a, a couple weeks back. We don't control the power. We, but we plug into the power source. We have a choice whether we connect. Whether we let the Lord flow through our lives or not. Lastly, the, the gifts are to be used. And I, I do believe it doesn't just happen. I don't believe you just give a prophetic word. You have to choose to say the prophetic word. You have to choose to respond and, and, and pray for the healing. You have to choose to respond to when God prompts something in your heart to do something with it. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the passage or the, the saying, you know, use it or lose it. I do believe it. it's the same thing with the kingdom of God. If we choose to reject the Holy Spirit in our lives, then the Holy Spirit will look for someone who's willing. His kingdom will not stop because you don't want to do anything. But can we be part of his kingdom? I mean, what is the church to be? What, as believers, what are we to be engaged with? We're to be engaged with all of these things. But it requires faith to step out. I think all of these gifts requires faith to step out. God could put a word of knowledge in your heart when you're talking to a person. Or you're talking to the church. But it requires faith to step out to step out and say it. What good is it to just know it? What is good is it to know a prophetic word for someone and never give it? What good is it to to have the gift of faith to really believe for impossible? If you don't exercise it, if you don't put it into practice, if you don't share it. The problem is it's, it's something that just will die on the inside of us. I really believe our, our monthly prayer meetings are a great safe environment to... We're, One of the things that came across this last week in particular when we prayed. As we just waited in God's presence. Is this word to just wait for Him. To just let Him have His way. And it's a difficult thing for us to do. To just let the Holy Spirit have His way in our lives. It's much easier for us to stay in the driver's seat. But can we just be a people that just wait for the Lord to use us. And it's interesting as we just waited upon God. God began to speak prophetically. Through other people in the church or as we pray together. But then, even in our service times, maybe God's put something in your heart. You just, you feel a, a challenge. Maybe there's something that God's kind of ticking there. Come and, if you're not sure, talk to myself or talk to one of the leadership team. Talk to Julian. Just say, I'm just feeling this. Do you know what? We can confirm that with one another as to whether or not that's. That's right or that's not right. But it's a great opportunity for us to, to step out and to do, to say it. One of the things we try to do, doesn't always happen. We try in the services just to give room some space. That if there's a word or if there's something that is, is in someone's heart, to then there's space for that to be given. And I, think it's, I don't think it's good if we go Sunday after Sunday and we never get the Holy Spirit room to do anything. We've got our kind of t- tidy program. But purposely, we, we try to just give a little bit of give some space in the service. But that space can only be really fully utilized as if we as people then respond to the Spirit's prompting and, and then say or pray out or do whatever God is challenging our hearts to do for the common good. The church becomes far more dynamic when we're all working together. And it's okay if we don't always get it right. That's how we learn. I was sharing at Alpha this past week when we were talking about I can't remember what the question was um, but moments that uh, what was it? Moments we haven't got it right or made a mess of our lives I don't know I can't remember what the question was but I just remember this time I really felt I had a prophetic word for the church when we were living in Holland and I went up to the front and I shared the word and it wasn't necessarily the best way to have shared the word and uh, it was quite judgmental and condemning and um I think the heart of the word was good, but I I think I expressed it the wrong way. And uh, the pastor came up and said, you know what, we just don't quite receive that word. And, uh, ah, you know, swing and a miss. Um, But he sat down with me afterwards, and he didn't just leave it there. He said, you know what, you know, the heart, the essence of the word, there was something there. But you you needed to learn in the communication of that word. You you put a lot of yourself into the word in the sense of how you spoke it that spoke of a personal frustration, not of God's frustration. So, in essence, it's like speaking to the rock versus striking the rock. I miscommunicated what God has intended. And it was a, it was a lesson that was good for me to learn. And the pastor was very gracious to, to, to walk with me on that journey, even though it, you know, it was a difficult lesson as a young person to go through. But can I encourage you still to step out I've often, Donna and I've talked, we'd rather fail in trying to follow Jesus than fail in being completely, you know, non-committed, non-engaged. It's much better that we try to step out and say, God, we want to move in these things. And even if we make a mess of it, at least we're open to your spirit. We're, We're hungry for more of you. We least have the chance that the Holy Spirit could move powerfully. If I'm a closed book and the Holy Spirit can't do anything through my life, then pretty much I'm, I'm sealing the fate of my life of not knowing God's power working through me. But we can pray for God's boldness to step out. I would encourage you to pray for healing, to, to speak the word of knowledge, to share the prophetic message, to give the tongues, to, to give the interpretation, to, to be the person that breaks the silence in our quiet moments. As God prompts your heart to say something. And I know different personalities and different people find it easy to, or easier to, to share certain things. But you know what? God is no respect of personality. Do you know that? You can be a timid person and God can still move powerfully through your lives with the prophetic word for the church. He's not looking for the, um, extroverted people to share a word from Him. He's looking for any available vessel. So don't disqualify yourself saying, oh, but I could never do that. I don't really care. And neither does the Holy Spirit. If you think in yourself, you can't do it. Because in Christ, we can do all things. He's given us the power and the ability. I want to close by just reading a passage of scripture a little bit further on in Corinthians. Just only, only one chapter over. We got in the middle between chapter 12 and chapter thirteen, we, or 12, 14. We have this whole passage about love. Which is very interesting, the whole mix of the gifts of the Spirit, we have this understanding that all of this needs to be done in love. But then we have 26 to 33, and I just want to read it. And I want to just give you a glimpse of what church could look like. Okay? I just want, this is, we've just had church, and this is what the Corinthians were doing. And they weren't getting it all right either, but I'm just wanting to draw a comparison a little bit here, okay? Okay? What shall then we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. All of this must, must be done for the strengthening of the church. OK, wait a minute now. When you come together, every, say everyone, everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation. Now, OK, a tongue or an interpretation. All of these things must be done to the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak at one time. And someone must interpret. If there's no one to interpret, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak. And one should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy, say all, you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone, say everyone, everyone everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophet are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. And then it goes on to this very interesting discourse about women. (laughs) Which is a whole other discussion altogether. But then we jump to verse 39. It says, therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. What is Paul saying? Everyone should be moving in the gifts of the spirit. Everyone should be coming with something to the table. And when you come together, there's order because we, we wait for one another. We don't have to just all speak out over, over each other. But God can work in a way that we can all receive something and can be encouraged. When I read this passage, I've read it so many times. I think, God, how do we get from where we are now to there? How? It's like this chasm. We know church to be singing choruses and the preacher comes and preaches. And that's what we do church has. And hopefully, maybe there will be a prophetic word somewhere in there, if we're lucky. But what we see in Paul's like two or three prophets should be speaking, and there should be tongues, at least three, you know, at the most three tongues. Well, we're happy if we get one. All I see is that God has so much more, and the early church obviously was moving at a level that I think we have yet to tap into as a church. God has so much more for us, and He's looking for us to be hungry and open for His moving There's nothing that we can force, but there's something that we can seek after. I can't force you to prophesy on a Sunday, because it would be bad. But we can seek after God moving in this way, can't we? We can say as a church, Lord, we want to experience you in this way, in your power, in your might. What is the manifestation of the Spirit's power in your life right now? We went through the gifts of the Spirit and it's given for everyone. When was the last time you stepped out and moved in one of these gifts? It's challenging, isn't it? Guys, I believe the church needs to step into another realm. And we need to be willing to do that. And it isn't a one-man show. We see clearly in Scripture this is a body thing. It requires all of us saying, God, we want more of your spirit. Holy Spirit, we want to see your gifts flowing through our lives. I can't choose after what I, you know, what I get, but I'm seeking you. The challenge, I think, even in closing is that when we come to church on a Sunday, it's very easy to come to be only there to receive something. But actually, I see in scripture, we're coming to give something. We're each coming to bring something. And I want to ask you the challenge is that next Sunday when you come, could you think of this and may the Holy Spirit remind you, what am I bringing to church tomorrow? Or what am I bringing to church on Sunday? What, what is it, God, that I'm bringing for the common good? Maybe it's a scripture that's for the church, that's prophetic. Maybe, it's, maybe God is, wants to reveal something, a picture, a vision. Maybe, maybe God has a word. Maybe there's someone that needs to be prayed for healing. What are you bringing to church with you? We are all carriers of his glory, of his presence. Wouldn't that be exciting? If that happened. Jesus, we recognize that without you we can do nothing. God, this is nothing we can just put on. It's nothing we want to just put on. We want something that's real from you. And God, as a church, we recognize that you've got so much more than we have experienced thus far. And God, it's something that when you look at us, you, you see each person as, as vessels that you could work through. It isn't about just one person, but it's about many people. It's about all of us. It's, Holy Spirit, we, we invite you to come and, and to move in us, to impart your gifts in our lives God, I pray that you would help us as, as a church to eagerly desire your gifts. To eagerly desire. Not just once a year when we talk about it, but Lord, on a weekly basis, we eagerly desire to move in the things of your Spirit. God, that we would have the manifestation, the outworking of your Spirit in our lives. God, that the body would be built up. That those who are on the streets and the people we work with, that the lives that we have contact with, will be touched and changed because... You're working through us in this way. Father, we want more of you. We hunger for more of your spirit, Jesus. We welcome you in this place. And and thank you, Lord, that you have something that you wish to impart. Lord, I pray that this week, Lord, on a day-to-day basis, Lord, that you would stir this up in us. Stir up the hunger. Stir up the desire, Lord, to move in the things of you. God, I pray that that would be the thought even next Sunday before we come to churches. Lord, how do you want to move through my life? How, how, what gifts do you want to move through me today? Lord, I pray that you'd release us into new things. We thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Center Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.